Hello, welcome back to another episode of Happily Ever Random. Hello, hello. I'm Troy. And I'm Ginny. (laughs) That was good. Uh, Welcome back, everyone. We took a little hiatus. I went out of town for a little while, so... Jeez, Troy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We do somewhat have a life, Jim. Well, I mean, you might. But your son did turn two, He did. Yay! A few days ago, he turned two. It was great. He is uh, going through a development stage at 24 months. Yeah. He's a lot more aware of his surroundings. (laughs) And he's developed FOMO. Uh, (laughs) For anyone that doesn't know, fear of missing out. So, when you told me this story the other day when y'all about this whole thing, it literally took me like five seconds when you said he's developed FOMO. I was like, FOMO. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll try to make this quick uh, before we start. Went to Florida to see Angelica's family. Uh, get there Sunday night. Have a late dinner. Go straight to bed. No real issue. Kind of fussy a little bit. He's just tired. Well, wake up Monday. He knows we're in a different place, hanging out with mm-hmm. different people. Mm-hmm. Um, does not nap all day. <laughs> he normally has at least an hour nap. An yeah. hour to two hours, depending on how, how the day goes. Yeah. Doesn't have any nap. We try to go to sleep at normal times. Screaming, crying. He's never screaming, crying. Which is weird, because like, this kid doesn't cry to yeah. begin with. Like, he's, he's, never, he's like the unicorn of babies. He's never <laughs> cried like this. So we don't know what's going on. Um, Jesus, sorry, I'm hitting everything. Um, <laughs> so we finally get him to sleep probably around 11 o'clock at night. That's really late for him. Yeah. Um, he wakes up at one thirty in the morning, screaming, crying again, does not go to sleep until 5 a.m. And that was just the start of our week. So <laughs> we've been back home for a little over a week now. Mm-hmm. Almost two weeks, actually, I think. Anyways, uh, he's pretty much back on his schedule, but he is developing a lot, trying to talk and make sentences. Mm-hmm. Um, Which he's, is super cute. Yes. He <laughs> says a lot of names now and everything, so it's well, great. Mainly, it's just Woody and Buzz. Yes, he's obsessed with Toy Story right now. Woody, Woody, Woody. <laughs> Buzz. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. Seeing him grow even yeah. more. Speaking of kids growing, my child started her first job. It's exciting. I know. Are you nervous? I'm so proud. <laughs> I really am. I mean, I feel so damn old. <laughs> I mean, you're getting there. <laughs> but, and she really likes it. So, it's very, very exciting. That's good. I'm happy for her. So, but for today, we are going back into our Harry Potter series and today we are getting into the Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Yes. Which is one of my favorites. Book favorite. and movie. Okay, I was about to say which one. Both. I used to think it was one of my favorite movies of it. Just because they're starting to get older mm-hmm. in this one. And they're starting to be more relatable, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I rewatched it again today. And it's not what I remember. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what was different. I think I just really, and we'll go into this more, I just really don't like the pink lady. Umbridge, yeah. And I think that's really why I don't like the movie as much. Well, but that's kind of the point of the movie anyway. Yeah, and I actually have something to say about her when we get into it, but, and and I'm not going to say it now because that's the big point of what I have to say, but she's 
horrible. The actress is great. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder, do you think she got a lot of flack in real life because people like took it into real life? I don't think that I think the, she got like hate mail. I, I fucking hate it on bread. I really feel like I mean I don't know for a fact, but I really feel like the Harry Potter fandom understands understood that you know the difference. Like yeah. it's not like you know the Twilight fandom where they were like hating on Jacob Black and sending the actor that played Jacob Black hate mail. You know. Yeah. Um, which I don't know if they actually did that. I'm just using that as an example. Um, mm-hmm. but I feel like the Harry Potter fandom kind of, I still never understood why they made him sparkle. That's the stupidest thing. In the world. That's another topic for another day. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> let's get back to Harry Potter. So, but quick disclaimer, as always, um, not only cursing because you guys know us by now, if you're our listeners, but, Mary um, said fuck, so yeah, well, you know, it's my favorite word. Um, <laughs> but uh, obviously spoilers if you haven't read the books or seen the movies we're not going to continue to tell you guys I think we're far enough along in this series for that yeah so. so just be ready for it but Troy take us down a little memory lane uh, what's the plot mm-hmm. so uh, now in his fifth year at Hogwarts Harry Harry learns that many of the wizarding community do not know the truth about his encounter with Voldemort mm-hmm. he who shall not be named you know um, who <laughs> Cornelius Fudge, which I always laugh when I hear that name. Can we just call him Corn Fudge? Fudgy boy. Um, <laughs> the Minister of Magic appoints his toady, Dolores Umbridge, as defensive against the dark arts teacher uh, for fears that Professor Dumbledore will take his job. But her teaching is deficient and her methods cruel, so Harry prepares a group of students to defend the school against the rising tide of evil. All right. So it's the start of Dumbledore's army. Yes. Yes. Like I said in the beginning, this is one of my favorite books and honestly one of my favorite movies. Uh, I know you said that you thought it was one of your favorites, but now it's kind of not. <laughs> yeah. But well, like um, I said, they, they're they getting old, like quote unquote older in the, yeah. in the series. So they're more relatable, but I just, I don't know. It's, I just remember liking it more. Than the last time that I just watched it. Yeah. I don't know what the difference was, but something was off. I really, really, really like the book. It's one of my top... Actually, I think it's the next to top book of mine. That I I love. I Mm -hmm. No, my third book. Sorry. (laughs) Took (laughs) me a second to remember. (laughs) Um, From my favorites, it's Half-Blood Prince, Deathly Hallows, then Order of the Phoenix. Is Deathly Hallows just one book? Yes. It's a big ass book. But they split it into two movies. Yeah, I know that. Um and it's so funny to me that one of this book is one of the biggest books in the series, but it's one of the shortest movies. It was only just it was just under two hours, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like an hour and a half. A little over an hour and a half. So but it's one of the shortest movies, but it's one of the biggest books. I mean, I have it right here, Troy. You can see how big it is. Take a break. <laughs> so I always bring the books with me, you guys, when we record, so in case I need to reference anything in them. No way in hell I'm ever reading that. And it's way too big. It's it's only 38 chapters. And yeah, it's about 39 too much for me. <laughs> I mean, it looks like it's way more than that, honestly. And you know, I told you when we started our Harry Potter series that I had reread them and like gone through and like highlighted stuff. Mm-hmm. Watch, 
as I flip through it, you see all the highlighting marks. Jesus. You can hear the pages turning, guys. Yeah, so I'm, I marked a bunch of spite spots that I wanted to go back and like use for my notes as I make the episode mm-hmm. notes and all that. So it's really cool. Um, so, but before we get into our categories, I forgot to do something at the very beginning of the episode. I apologize, you guys. But I showed you earlier, but I have to bring him out and introduce him to the show. I bought our mascot. I brought our mascot, <laughs> Witched. Guys, I got a stuffed alien, like a stuffed toy alien. And we are naming him Witched. And he will be in Troy's office every time we record now. And if you press his foot, his eyes light up and change colors. He's uh, the normal <laughs> big head, big eyed alien, but his design, he looks like a galaxy. He's not gray or green super, or anything. Super, super cute. I will take a picture of it and post it in the episode notes. Mm-hmm. It's really, really cute. So he's going to stay in the office with us when we record. Right next to my Harry Potter decorations, actually. Yes. <laughs> I actually have a decoration in here of the Quidditch set. Yes. The regular ball you score with and then the bludgers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what the big one's called. Quaffle. Waffle. Got it. Quaffle. Waffle and syrup. <laughs> Make yeah. sure you put that logo facing where it was. It was facing up. All right, just make sure you put it back. I'm going to make it face down. <laughs> All right. So, you ready to go into our categories? Mm-hmm. Let's get into this episode. All right. So, we are going to start out with best and worst book to movie changes. Just to kind of give you a few things of how the, how the book differs from the movie. One thing I want to point out real quick. Mm-hmm. They said something in the movie about Harry being 14 in this one. Mm-hmm. They're only 14 years old in their fifth year. Well, they were 11 when they started. I think they're 15. Someone said something about 14. Unless I heard it wrong. I don't know. Anyways, carry on. I can hear Captain snoring. <laughs> Troy's dog captain is in the room, guys, and he's sleeping on the floor. So if you hear snores, it's it's the dog. So apologize. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. It's really cute. Um, anyways, I think they're actually 15, though. I don't know. Because they were 11 when they started first year. No. So that'd be... I don't know. I can't do math in my head. Technically, that would make them 16 if they're in their fifth year. Yeah. 15 or 16. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Okay, so I have three best changes, and I think I have three worst changes. Yeah, I have three of both. Wow, they're equal? Yeah. I'm surprised. And I actually put them in chronological order as well. So my best book to movie changes are, one, when Sirius gives Harry the picture of the original Order of the Phoenix mm-hmm. in the train station and not Mad-Eye Moody. In the book, Mad-Eye Moody gives it to him. Why? Um, so in the book, the original moment was they were at the borough. They were having like a dinner um, to celebrate Hermione and Ron being made prefects, which I still think it's crazy that Ron was made prefect. What's a prefect man? Like the... Basically like the Hogwarts version of a hall monitor, <laughs> but for like each house has them. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
which I still think it's crazy that Ron got it. I'm like, why? Why couldn't like Dean or Seamus get it? Like they're good students. Because Seamus aren't blows they? shit up. That's why. Well, what's wrong with Dean Thomas? <laughs> so, anyways, um, so they're like having a dinner to celebrate that, and so everybody's over. Like the whole order is over. You know all this, and it's not the borough. I'm sorry, that Grimmauld place. And um, so Moody pulls out this picture to give to Harry, and. He presents it to Harry as like some sort of treat. Like, oh, you're going to like this, you know? And it it was kind of like a really important bit of like introspection for Harry. And he gets that because he's so horrified by the way that Moody presents it to him. Like as this like treat, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he like literally, Moody like literally runs through all of the tragedies of almost everyone in that photo. Like, everybody that has died in that photo, including his own parents, Harry's parents. And it kind of makes Harry realize, like, how much danger all of these people at this dinner are now in. And it kind of sits on him like a weight, you Mm -hmm. know? So, but I liked Sirius giving it to him and kind of making that moment, like, a little softer and not as harsh for Harry Plus, I really, really loved the line that Sirius says, I guess you're the young ones now. Yeah. Like, like he's passing the torch on to them. Yeah. You know, like, I just really liked that moment mm-hmm. better and than Moody doing it. It does seem like Moody is very desynthetized. Yes. To I a mean, lot. Well, I mean, but look at what he's done, you know. No, I know, that's like what I mean. Like, his past. He's I mean, very desensitized. Yeah. I don't think that he realizes it though. Like I don't think he means to be. He actually he probably actually meant it as a nice gesture. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I mean. Like didn't come off that way. <laughs> he means it as a good thing. He's not meaning to be heartless. Mm-hmm. You know, it just that's the way it comes out. <laughs> yeah. Um and then my next one was Sirius punching Lucius Malfoy when they arrived at the ministry, when the order got to the ministry mm-hmm. in the battle. Okay, look, yes, I get they have magic and there is so much more that he could have done to Lucius, right? He could have killed him. But there was just such like a human rage conveyed right then in that moment and so so, like a protectiveness that could not be conveyed in any other way Mm -hmm. than Sirius physically hitting him. Didn't Weasley hit somebody at one point? Arthur? In the books, yes. Yeah. He, him, and him, and and Lucy's Malfoy. Okay, that's, what, that's what I thought. In a bookstore, yeah. So, I really liked that that they showed that like protectiveness mm-hmm. and everything, you know. Um, and then my last one was the moment when Harry tried to use the unfo- unforgivable curse against Bellatrix, mm-hmm. and Voldemort comes up, and he. I liked Voldemort saying the line, you've got to mean it. Because in the book, originally Bellatrix says it. Mm-hmm. But I liked in the movie how they had Voldemort say it. Because then he kind of starts like berating Harry for being weak. And then when Harry turns around to like throw a curse at him, Voldemort disarms him with a wave of his hand. A nonverbal, non-wand hand. Like, he just kind of swats it away like it was a fly. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... Just showing, me, showing just the difference really at that cool. time. And it was like he was showing Harry that he's way more powerful than him in just oh, yeah. one simple move. You know? 
Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought that was a really cool moment to do to show how much more powerful he was with him just going like that, you yeah. know, just a swat of his hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just showing the difference. So, so yeah, those were my best changes. I mean, I've got like in the, in the section of the details I can't not talk about, I've got little things of like, I like how they did this or I didn't like that they did this, but they weren't enough for me to include in the best or worst changes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we'll get into a few more of those things in a minute, but anything you want to say on those real quick before I move on? No. No? Okay. Um, Worst changes. I have three as well. This moment happens right after, in the book, right after Moody gives the picture to Harry of the original order. There's a moment in the book, the and the, peop, the fans that have read the books will know what I'm talking about. They're the Boggart moment with Mrs. Weasley. So there's a scene in the book where after that whole picture thing happens, Mrs. Weasley had asked... Mad-Eye, because he's got that magical eye that can see through anything, you know? Mm-hmm. She said, there's a wardrobe in the room upstairs that I think it's a boggart inside of it, but I didn't want to open it in case it was something else. Can you check on, you know, look at it and see what it is? So he kind of looks up there and he's like, yeah, it's a boggart. I can go take care of it if you want. She's like, no, I'll get it later. Don't worry about it. So then she goes to go take care of it. And so right after she leaves, Harry goes to go to his bedroom. And he finds her in that room, absolutely distraught, like crying over what seems to be the dead body of Ron. But Harry's like, wait a minute. I just left Ron downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? So he realizes that it was the Boggart, right? Mm-hmm. And so then Molly goes to cast the ridiculous term on it to get rid of it. And it changes shape to a dead Bill, then a dead Mr. Weasley, then the dead twins, then a dead Percy, then dead Harry, you know, like changing shapes before Lupin comes into the room and takes care of the boggart for her. And so she starts, she starts crying and saying that she sees them dead all the time, that it's all she can think about that half the family is in the order and she doesn't know what the kids would do if something happened to her or Arthur. And so because this all happens right after Moody shows Harry this picture and he's like, basically horrified by it yeah it's kind of like added to that introspective feeling that he's already going through you know just like putting more just weight more weight on him plus it was just a really moving moment with a really vulnerable mrs weasley you know yeah so i i really wish we would have gotten that i really like yeah that. i didn't even know that was yeah. a thing <laughs> um real quick question though mm-hmm. How did Moody know it was a boggart if no one really knows their true form? See, a lot of the fans are saying that he's probably the only one that would know the true form. Because of his eye? Mm-hmm. But then how would he know that's what I it don't was? Know. I, I don't know. Well, I don't know. Plot, Troy. Plot. That's why. Plot armor is <laughs> the biggest <laughs> advantage anyone can have. Yes. <laughs> um, this is the biggest one to me is no St. Mungo scene. <laughs> what is that? So, you know, St. Mungo's is like their version of a hospital. I've never so, heard of that word in my life. Yeah. So it's St. It's Mungo's, um, I think it's St. Mungo's hospital for magical maladies or something like that is what it's called. 
Okay. <laughs> so, you know, Mr. Weasley gets attacked by Nagini in the ministry right at, right before Christmas break, right? Mm-hmm. So he gets sent to St. Mungo's to recover. So while they're on Christmas break in the book, they all go to visit him in St. Mungo's. And so while they're there, Ron, Hermione, Harry, and Ginny are kind of wandering around. And they end up running into Neville and his grandmother, who are there to vi- to visit Neville's parents. Who were, I mean, you know the story behind Neville's parents, right? You remember that How story? How they died? They're not dead. I thought they were dead. No. They were tortured by Bellatrix and Barty Crouch Jr., a couple other people with the Cruciatus curse until they were literally made insane. Like they lost their minds. So they are long-term residents of St. Mungo's because they cannot take care of themselves. Oh, I always thought they were dead. No, no. Wow. I completely so, missed that. But yeah. nobody, none of his peers knew, like nobody knew. No, is never is that never in the movies anyone. anywhere? It, I'm about to explain that. Oh. So, But so taking this scene out, you take away Neville's main motivation for joining Dumbledore's army, the DA. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you get that one scene of Neville verbally telling Harry later after a DA meeting about what happened to his parents and why he joined the DA. There is a scene in the movie of that. But it just seeing it in person was so important for Harry to see. You know, Mm -hmm. there's. For so much of this book, it's Harry saying, what about me? You know? And so that scene really helped Harry see that it was about other people too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And also taking that scene out also takes away from Arthur's injury. You don't get the Weasleys bonding together over it. And it takes away what other characters are giving up being on Harry's and Dumbledore's side. You Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. So. And I feel like this is also the start of how, like, Harry... Didn't Harry say at the end of Deathly Hall... We'll probably get to this also. About how he always had one thing that Voldemort didn't, which was, like, the love of the people around him and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Is this kind of, like, the beginning point where he's realizing that? Yeah. Because of everyone around him? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, it was, it was a really, really important moment in the book like there's a a point where they're standing around talking to neville and his grandmother and neville's mom comes up and hands him a bubble gum wrapper and neville's grandmother makes a comment about oh just throw it away neville and neville puts it in his pocket (laughs) instead Mm -hmm. and like i just have this vision of like neville's walls just plastered in these bubblegum wrappers you know what i mean (laughs) but harry harry's the only one that notices neville put it in his pocket and harry kind of has this moment of realizing that neville's life was you know impacted just as much as his by voldemort you know like Mm -hmm. it's the beginning of him realizing that yeah so it's just a really important moment in the book and I I really really hate that they took that out so and then my last one was Sirius's death scene dude the magic is not making sense in the movie okay he gets hit in the movie he gets hit with a vada kedavra the killing curse 
But homeboy literally blinks in size and just kind of slowly fades away. That's not how the magic works. (laughs) You literally just drop dead? Yes. Instantly? Yes. You never realized that? No, I've never paid attention to that part. That's not how the magic works. But in the book... But they have to make it cinematic for the movie. Yeah, but in the book, that's not even how he's, he gets killed. In the book, he gets hit with just like a regular spell, like stupefy or something, and ends up falling back into the veil from the force of it. Mm. So... But I just... I hate that they did... They made it to where it's like... That's not how the magic works. Like yeah, but it, It's like one of those like... It's one of those stupid, it's a movie I know. excuses. It's you annoying know? though. <laughs> so, but yeah, those were my best and worst. So, I didn't have very many. I'm, I'm, pr- I'm proud of you. <laughs> Normally you have like six <laughs> on each one. I had six in total this time. <laughs> I did so good. You did. I'm proud of you. <laughs> um... <laughs> Why are, you la- why, laugh. why are you laughing at me? <laughs> you laugh because we pointed at each other. Don't point your time. wand at me. The <laughs> thing might go off. Sorry, guys. Um, <laughs> all right. So, magic moments. There's a lot of magic moments. There is. It's part it's of what. It's pretty much what the whole series is about. <laughs> uh, if you think about it, I mean, I don't know. Um, but like always, best or what we think is best magic and then a bad magic part. Um, no. We just do one best magic moment. And that's all. Oh, I'm sorry. I added a bad magic. Then. I was like, I don't have a bad magic. What are you talking about? I, I, I added one. I'm sorry. I added that. <laughs> I put it, I put it in my outline. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but best magic, um, kind of like, a. it's not the best thing, but I kind of just think it's cool that you get to see it. But Harry's Patronus again in the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, wait, when do we see his Patronus? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Just to show that he's, you know, becoming an, like a, a talented wizard. Like he can actually use it at will and mm-hmm. everything else now. So I thought it was cool to see that. Um, and then another one that it's not really one magical moment, but it's just finding the room requirement. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really cool. I, I always, I've always thought it was cool how the room basically kind of judges you. And it's like, yeah, I think I can, I can help you. <laughs> it just opens up. So you know, in the book, it's not Neville that help that show, finds it. For it's them. Luna, it's isn't it? Dobby. Oh, I thought it was Luna. For some no. Reason. Dobby. You remember, how, you remember how I've told you that Dobby is like left out of the movies until the very end. Mm-hmm. He's in all of the books, basically, and like in Goblet of Fire, he was the one to give Harry the gillyweed to breathe underwater mm-hmm. instead of Neville. They gave that to Neville in the movie. In Order of the Phoenix, it was Dobby that told Harry about the room of requirement. They gave that to Neville in the movie. <laughs> they want Neville to be, you know. Which there. I love Neville, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love Neville. But yeah, it was Dobby. He um he calls it the come and grow come and go room. That's what the elves know it as. Okay. So that was cool, just because it, it's just, like I oh, said. Oh, I it, love the room. Just I like I said, it, awesome. it judges you, and it's like, I think I can help you. Mm-hmm. I got you, bro. <laughs> There's so many people in the books that actually use it. Like, Filch has used it for extra cleaning supplies. Um, <laughs> that just makes me laugh. Dobby has used it to put Winky when she needs to sober up from too much butterbeer. <laughs> like, that's a literal thing. <laughs> 
Um, Dumbledore mentioned it in the mo- in the books during the um, whatever that feast is called in Goblet of Fire. I can't think of the name of it. Um, he ma- made a mention of a a room that just showed up out of nowhere one time when he just really needed to use the bathroom, and it was full of the most magnificent <laughs> chamber pots. <laughs> Like literally, I'm not even kidding. That's a real thing. So, like a like a Bucky's bathroom. Yeah, um, the twins have used it to hide from Filch to get out of trouble. Uh, like it, all kinds of people have used it before. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's not really as secret as people think it is in, from the movies. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. funny. Um, so I said I added the bad magic thing. Mm-hmm. Don't normally do this, but I think so. You and I actually watched. The movie a while back just to, in the background of whatever yeah. we were doing and i mentioned this when we were watching it but when they were running through the the ministry of magic through where all the little crystal ball things were mm-hmm. why do they only know stupefy do they not know anything else that could help them at this point well they do that aren't is... you basically a senior now like don't you know things <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean you're an upperclassman like, dude is there not like a varsity Quidditch player that shouldn't be a jock and know things to protect himself or something? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the whole point of the DA, wasn't it? Yeah, to learn and all he these taught spells. him stupefy. I know. That's what I'm saying. Come on, Harry. That's what I'm saying. It just, like I said, I added this just because I thought it was bad that that's all they know. <laughs> I think it's bad that that's all they did when that's the whole point of the DA was to learn spells to the protect themselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I agree. My best magic moment was kind of on the same line as the my best magic moment from Goblet of Fire. Because <laughs> my best one from Goblet of Fire was the duel between Harry and Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Well, this one was the duel between Dumbledore and Voldemort. <laughs> but this one was so cool. Honestly, like even the one in the book, like I would say for book and movie, the duel between Dumbledore and Voldemort mm-hmm. is so cool. Like, just the energy between the two of them. It was like a choreographed dance, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, and you realize just how advanced these two wizards actually are, you know? Because mm-hmm. really, throughout the series, you're seeing everything from Harry's point of view. From a student. From a student, you know? Who can't even teach his friends and, other spells. And honestly, okay, look. <laughs> I get it. Voldemort is good. You can, cl- but you can clearly see Dumbledore is better. I mean, no, he didn't quote unquote beat Voldemort, but you gotta realize he was also protecting Harry while battling Voldemort, mm-hmm. right? And was still a badass. Okay, so imagine what he could have done if he wasn't trying to keep to make sure Harry wasn't going to get hurt. You think he could have killed him and finished off Voldemort? No, because of the Horcruxes. Well, not, not finished off, but I'm just saying, like, actually defeated him in that moment for, for, not a, killed, for a Not killed, but de- but technically defeated, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how good Dumbledore is. I think I've asked you this before. Is a lot of it because of the wand, or is Dumbledore just that good in general? Dumbledore's just that good in general because he defeated Grindelwald, who had the wand. True. I forgot that you have to defeat the owner of the wand to yeah. get the wand. So, but 
And you also see that Harry is nowhere near their level. No, not at all. <laughs> it makes you think, how is Harry ever going to survive this in the future? Right. <laughs> I also, I love the part where, you know how Voldemort like throws all that broken glass at Dumbledore and Dumbledore just turns it into sand? Mm-hmm. And then Voldemort just kind of like... <sighs> God damn it. And just quits. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that moment that he's just like, fuck, this is going nowhere. Damn it, Albus. <laughs> I just really like that. <laughs> but yeah, so that was my best um, moment because I just think it's a badass moment in the bo- in both book and movie. No. Speaking of Albus, it, it the the meme that I sent that we send every once in a while back and forth. The one, did you see the one I sent you where it's like, it's been a rough 13 years for Dumbledore. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> the one where it's like Jude Law that plays him and then like tw- it goes to the 12 original, or 13 years later, it's the original the actor of here, other of Dumbledore. Dude <laughs> goes from like a three-piece suit to like Gand- Gandalf from the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I did like Jude Law's portrayal. Of Dumbledore. We'll yeah. get into that when we do Fantastic Beasts. Mm-hmm. But I did like Jude Law's portrayal of him. I liked it. So, okay. Bad adult moment. Yes. Um, Let me guess. You're going to say Umbridge. Did you just hit yourself in the head? I scared the shit out of myself. <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Um, I mean, I have two. And one of them was, yes, anything with Umbridge. That's literally what I put. Do you know, I almost have nothing about Umbridge in my notes at I all. I have don't... like two tiny spots about her i just don't and like her it. i know that's the point of her being in the movie but i just don't like her <laughs> and it pisses me off every time mm-hmm. um and the other one is <laughs> we talked about this on our last watch through um when they're at the train station and serious is the dog <laughs> and then he just transforms behind a <laughs> pane of glass with a shadow and frosted glass yeah like you can totally one... see also speaking that dog looks like an irish wolfhound yeah those dogs are huge in real life. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. Like I kind of want one. <laughs> like their shoulder. I want a giant dog. I'm not kidding. No, their you. shoulder would probably be almost to my belly. I know. And I'm six foot tall. I know. It's I a want big a ass giant dog. dog. I always wanted one too, but then I went. So going off on a tangent right now about dogs. Yeah. Um, my catering job that I work. I sometimes I bartend. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked a house event one day, and they had a Great Dane, and. Great Danes are big. Mm-hmm. This one was a horse. Mm-hmm. It was the biggest Great Dane I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. The dog was almost 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. A dog mm-hmm. was giant. Yeah. Like, we, we were, I was out on the their back porch, and of course, it's rich people that we bartend for. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not going to come to like my <laughs> thousand square foot house. Thousand square foot house. Square, square house. <laughs> my thousand square house. <laughs> um, but. Their their outdoor patio, where like there was like a, a little wet bar and a grill and everything like that, mm-hmm. the dog didn't even have to try. It could literally just move its head to the side, and just snatch something off the counter. <laughs> he literally tried to do that with bacon. That was for a Bloody Mary. That's awesome. <laughs> Anyways, going back, yes, it was a frosted pane of glass, <laughs> yeah. and you could literally see it. If he is supposed to be so secretive. Mm-hmm. I understand it's because it's a movie. I, I know. But it's just... Come on, dude. Like, So in the book... At least go away from the glass. In, I know. <laughs> in the book, he does not transform back into a human... Don't do that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, I hate that. Um, 
You know, it sounds the... really weird if you just leave it like that. <laughs> He's messing with my foot, and I don't like people touching my feet. She hates people touching her foot, so as a little brother, I always annoy her. And I use my wand to poke her foot, and she hated it. <clears throat> just give me some context. Anyways... <laughs> In the book, he does not transform back into a human when they're at the train station. He stays in his dog form, but he doesn't really act like a dog. <laughs> like, he goes up to does Harry and, Does he just sit like, there and talk to him and, no, like, as a dog? No, he goes up to Harry and, like, jumps up and, like, puts his paws on his shoulders and just, like, looks at him. Like, he's, like, you know, like he would be saying something if he could talk, you know? And, and then when they, when he sees Malfoy at one point, Draco... Draco makes some kind of dog comment. I don't really remember what the comment was. I'd have to go back and look. Which basically means, like, he saw the dog and he knows that it was serious. Because you gotta remember, Pettigrew, Peter Pettigrew, knew Sirius's animagus form. Yeah. And he's now on Voldemort's side. So you gotta think, he's probably told all the Death Eaters what... This black dog that's going to yeah. be around. Yeah. And... So. So, yeah. Be on the lookout. Yeah. But. Speaking of which, Irish Wolfhound would be large enough to be as tall as a, of a person. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. My bad adult moment is basically, and it's kind of more in the book than the movie because it goes more in depth about it in the book. It's a little bit. Talked about in the movie, but basically Dumbledore keeping his distance from Harry the whole school year. Dumbledore explains in the end that he did so to keep Voldemort from exploiting their connection because Voldemort can get into Harry's head, you know, mm-hmm. and he boils it down to the fact that he cared too much about Harry. But so much of what I hate about Dumbledore is that he hides so much truth from Harry throughout the series. Which we will get into way more detail in Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows. (laughs) But in this case, if he had been slightly more honest with Harry, and maybe perhaps if he had been the one to teach him occlumency instead of Snape, things would have been, things would have been, you know, turned out so different. So that's my bad adult moment. I hate that. I have a, a lore question. Would Dumbledore being the headmaster... Do they have to be proficient in every type of teaching? Do you think? I I don't know if it's ever discussed in the no universe idea. or not. I have no idea. It's something I have to look at. But like, if you think of like a university, like obviously mm-hmm. they're the president's not going to be of, over every subject. Yeah. But in wizarding, if he's going to be one of the greatest wizards, mm-hmm. he would have to have some sort of knowledge on every aspect of what the mm-hmm. school does, right? I would assume, but I don't know for a fact. Yeah. Uh, Again, just assumptions, yeah. but just a little yeah. side note. Thought I'd ask. Um, Good adult moment? Mine's kind of small. So is mine. Mine was just serious, <laughs> and this was actually in the book and not in the movie. Okay. So when Snape so when Snape starts teaching Harry occlumency, it does not happen immediately after Harry has that dream of Nagini attacking Mr. Weasley mm-hmm. and him telling Dumbledore about it. It happens later so snape actually comes to grimmauld place over christmas break to tell harry that he will be starting to teach him occlumency at the beginning of the next term so while he's doing that sirius actually stands up for harry to tell him like hey if you start bullying my godson you're gonna hear from me 
I'm going to kick your ass. So it was just kind it's of like of that whole serious standing up for Harry moment, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, mine, it's small, but it's also just a funny part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's when Arthur is in the subway and he's like, wow, these muggles are geniuses. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. He's the worst at his job, I swear. Yeah, he's supposed to know everything about us. I know. But he doesn't understand us that way. I know. Um, and another one is uh, in Harry's trial, when Dumbledore comes to his aid. You know, it's cool. Albus, Percival, Wilfred, <laughs> Brian, Brian, Dumbledore. I literally, <laughs> that is my note, is just his full name. And I have Brian italicized and underlined. <laughs> Why? You have all these weird ass fucking names and your parents just put Brian in there. Is it like their great uncle that passed away no from idea. 200 years do you, ago? Do you, like, do you know that Percival is his father's name? I did not know that. Yeah. Just fun, fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> but it just, it makes me laugh. Oh, I love that and he, part. And he pauses. It, and he just he acknowledges it. He acknowledges that it's different. I know. I love it. It's that. normal. He acknowledges. He's like, Brian. I love it. I love it. Anyways, that just, yeah. Who'd you pick for best character? <sighs> I didn't really have one. I don't know. Were you, <laughs> did you beat me this time? Yeah. Because I only picked one. They're not really like best characters. I just think it's cool that you get to see more of them in this one. Okay. Uh, Luna and Neville. You start to see... I picked Luna. (laughs) And then I also put... This isn't a best character. I just made a note of this because I thought it was like not funny, but it was kind of cool when in the the battle with the Death Eaters, Mm -hmm. when Sirius calls Harry James... See, a I lot thought it of, was a cool little nod, kind of. I've actually seen that a lot of people have a problem with that. Why? It's like he's reminiscing. Yeah, but that's the whole thing. Like, that's something that you you make a you make that at an earlier moment in the in the movie or whatever you know in the book or the movie, and you you have a conversation about that. That's not something you throw out in the heat of a battle and then go die. <laughs> you know. I'm entitled to my opinion. I mean, pers- I thought it was personally, cool. I liked it. <laughs> I'm just saying, I've seen online a lot of people hate yeah. on that. Again, that's not an actual like best character thing. Yeah. It's just I didn't know where to put that note. So yeah. I just threw it in there. I actually but picked Luna as my. I best didn't character. finish. Jennifer. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. No, I just wanted to make another little note. I, was, <laughs> I just like messing with you. <laughs> um, but I put Luna and Neville both because you start to really get to see them a little more mm-hmm. in this in this movie mm-hmm. i don't think there's a lot of detail about them yet yeah in this movie but you get to start you start to understand them a little bit more yeah. and better yeah so i didn't necessarily have a best character it's just i feel like st- starting to see those two is cool yeah okay no sorry you also put luna Go i did ahead. pick luna so <laughs> okay she might say some weird shit but she is so delighted by their way, by their world in a way that no one else is. And she I love that. She actually cares about it. I love that. And Ivana Lynch, the actress that plays her, absolutely steals every scene she's in. In my opinion. She really, truly brought that character to life from page to screen. I just absolutely mm-hmm. love her. Yeah. I also like didn't. 
Do you hear Captain? him? He's like smacking his lips in his sleep. I don't know what he's doing. Um, in in the movie, Hermione almost calls her Looney Luna. Looney Lovegood. Or Looney Lovegood. That's a thing in the books too. Yeah, I just I thought it was funny that she almost she like pauses like an actual teenager when she's like Looney Luna. Yeah. And like looks away. She's like, shit, I fucked up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't I will say I don't like in that scene how they like basically look scared of her though. Like Neville like looks scared of Luna. Just because she's yeah. different. And how Ron like scoots away from her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like that, but worst character And you know mine. Umbridge. Anything with Umbridge. I mean I picked Umbridge as well. Um I also put Cornelius though. Cornfudge? Yeah, fudgy boy. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I started saying that, but just the way that he was just treating Harry. Oh, I hate that. Like it's, mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, it's seem seems like something that would happen in the real world. Yeah. Something that they don't believe in. They'll just try to push it under the rug. Yeah. Um, but, and that's what he did. He was trying to just throw it under the rug and he wanted to put a teenager to trial mm-hmm. for saying that he, that something that actually happened happened. Mm-hmm. It's, I hate. It. I mm-hmm. didn't like it. I hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did choose Umbridge. Um, the the actress that played her, Imelda Staunton, she completely nailed this part. Oh yeah. She created a character that had fans still to this day hating her more than they hate Voldemort, the literal bad guy of the story. I have the bad guy's wand in my head. <laughs> Like, she, like, that's the thing. Like, fans hate her more than Voldemort. Yeah. And that's what I love. I'm one of them. Is, <laughs> like, that that's just crazy to me. Being able to know? draw that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I love that. Um, yeah, she absolutely nailed it. It's just, mm-hmm. as a character, it just, she's a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say for my book or movie winner... I actually picked both Luna and Umbridge for the same reasons I just said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So. Both of them absolutely nailed their characters. Mm -hmm. 100%. I really liked it. Yep. As an act, well, as it, from like an acting standpoint, I really liked it. I don't like uh, Umbridge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Ow, that hurt. He just, like, hooked my arm with the little hook on the end of Voldemort's wand. (laughs) Do you think anyone ever makes a joke in the Harry Potter world and they're like, Abracadabra? Probably. I don't know. Or if they're ever, like, around muggles and a kid says it on accident and they're like, they freak (laughs) out like if he's making a spell. That would be funny to see. That would be funny. Or... If they see a muggle kid running around with a stick and they're like getting their hand on their wand, like they're about to draw or something, <laughs> like the the fuck's this kid about to do? And you know what I mean? Oh Jesus, you're so weird. Yeah. Do they? I got a question. Do little kids that are wizard? I mean, like toddlers and everything. Do they put little orange caps on on their wands like they, they do with like Nerf guns you, and you stuff? You know, little kid, you don't you know you don't get a wand. I, I know. I'm just making a joke, Jenny. Oh, do I you thought have you were a being sense ser- of humor. I thought you were being serious. And are you pulling like, a memory you know, out of your head? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm just resting my head on the tip of the <laughs> wand. Uh, but you know how like fake guns have little orange caps? Yeah. Do you think they have fake wands that have little orange caps? And you're like, 
<laughs> they do have toy brooms. Seriously, they have toy toy flying brooms where you can only go like a foot off the ground. That sounds badass. I, I don't want one. <laughs> be zooming around can the house. Get one for David. <laughs> for me, be zooming around the house everywhere. <laughs> I just almost choked. <laughs> Sorry. It's like getting a little mini little pocket rocket thing where you can ride around for like 12 miles an hour. I know. Isn't that cool? <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> okay. You ready to go to the details I can't not talk about? Hit me with them. All right. I will say Daniel Radcliffe did a phenomenal job of portraying Harry's trauma from everything that happened in the end of Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. I think he did a really, really good job in that. Just how aggressive he is in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And like how he he shows like the the sadness, the almost like the depression basically, you know, throughout this, the movie. Mm-hmm. So I really liked it. I really liked how he stood up for himself. Whenever they were in the common room, mm-hmm. the Gryffindor common room, he's like, does anyone else have anything to say? Well, that's Ron <laughs> that says that. No, I know. But he like, or Harry says something. To them, basically, like, bucking up to the whole oh, yeah. group. Like, come at me, motherfuckers. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I fought Voldemort. Come at me. I can take you. <laughs> um, I liked... Did you notice, like, the mirrored gestures between Harry and Voldemort in the movie? Like, the way that, like, Harry would, like, move his neck. Like, the same way that Voldemort does. Mm-hmm. I really liked that they showed that. Because there's only so much you can bring to screen from the page to show that Harry is a part of, yeah, in a way, in a way, yeah. a part of him. Yeah. So I liked the way that they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved Sirius's chest and neck tats that they put him, put on him. In yeah. The he's movie. in like a, a fur, like sports coat with yeah. just neck like, tats. Those are out. not book canon. Like he, they, he doesn't have those in the book. But I just think they look really cool. Like, they made, I love they it. They made him a little gangster. I know. I love it. <laughs> he went, he went to prison. Like, I mean, he, he came out I tatted. <laughs> I just think it's so cool. But that little, it looked like like a, a sports coat, like like almost a suit jacket. But no, it was, it was like, long. No, I know. I'm saying like it had like the oh, lapel and yeah. everything on it yeah. and everything, but it was like almost fur. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I it was cool. Um, uh, next, the festival scene between, with Harry and Luna. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that scene. It kind of bonds them in the in a way mm-hmm. as well. So in the book, there was a scene in their Care of Magical Creatures lesson that had they did a lesson with Thestrals in that class. How would they do a lesson with Thestrals if no one could see it? So that was the thing. Like literally, Hagrid put out a piece of like a giant slab of meat, mm-hmm. and they could just see the meat disappearing as the Thestral was eating it. <laughs> And there was only like two people in the class that could see the Thestral, which was Harry and Neville. So. Who did Neville see that? I think he said like one of his uncles or something like that. Hmm. So. Who did Luna see die? Her mother. When she was young. She says it in the movie. Um, I forgot that part. Yeah. Okay. But so because that scene was cut, they had to have some kind of scene introducing the Thestrals. Because the Thestrals are what takes them to London, right? So they had to introduce them in some way earlier in the movie. Yeah. So I liked that we kind of got 
a small scene with someone else that kind of gets how Harry is feeling in his like out of place loneliness phase that he had. Because well, she's the outcast anyways. Yeah. And I just really liked, I really like Harry and Luna's friendship. Mm-hmm. I love their friendship going from, going forward from here yeah. on out. Like I just think they're do adorable. Think, do you think they'd be a better ship than Harry and Jenny? Uh, movie wise? Yes. Book? No. Movie wise. Book Jenny is a badass. Yeah, in in the in the <laughs> movies, I don't like her character. Oh, the actress didn't even like her. <laughs> she seems like a like a little whiny, out of place little girl. The actress has even come out saying she hated how they ended up having to portray Jenny in the movies. Yeah. <laughs> in the movies, I I always thought that Harry and Luna would be a better ship than oh, yeah. Harry and Jenny. Oh yeah. <laughs> so Harry and anyone pretty much just yeah. <laughs> Jenny in the movies. <laughs> So this was a bad change for me, but it wasn't bad enough to put into my worst changes. Okay. No Quidditch. Mm-hmm. So with no Quidditch, you don't get the Weasel King sing scene. So, which you have a weird look on your face like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's this, there's, to start that, there's a Quidditch game, Ron made Keeper. For the Gryffindor team. So, like, the goalkeeper, you know? Yeah. And so... Which doesn't happen until the next movie. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, there was one game where he was really... He had had a really bad game, and the Slytherins in the stands had made up this song called... The Weasel King song. I don't remember what it was. Um, It was like, Weasley can't save a thing. Um, It was basically making fun of him and, like calling his mom names and like he must have been born in a bin and like just God. making fun of him and like horrible and so at the end of the game they're down on the field and Draco is talking trash to Harry because Ron's already walked off talking trash to Harry about the song and like I wanted to add more to it but I couldn't figure out what rhymed with this and blah 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 and not realizing that Fred and George are standing right next to Harry and he's talking trash about their mom mm-hmm. so harry and i don't know if it's fred or george one of them literally attack draco like physically like fight him and umbridge ends up banning harry fred and george from quidditch for the rest for quote unquote for life but really just while she's there yeah <laughs> so but later on in the book there's um when Harry and Hermione go with Hagrid to meet his brother Grop, Ron's not there because he's playing in the Quidditch game. And when they are coming back, they're hearing the Weasel King song and they're like, oh no, that means we lost. But then they're like, wait, listen to the lyrics. And it's changed. The Gryffindors changed the lyrics to like, he always saves the ball and like, he's mm-hmm. our king and all this stuff. Like, <laughs> basically a positive turn on it you know so yeah. it's like the weasel king like he's awesome blah, blah blah so you don't get that but on the other hand with no quidditch in the movie it means that ron was there with harry and hermione when they met ha- hagrid's brother which kind of makes more sense for him to be there yeah you know so that's why i said it wasn't as wasn't enough to put it in the worst changes mm-hmm. so so in the in the books, does the whole thing with Ron being the goalkeeper in 
Haply Prince still say the same? Mm-hmm. It's just in the books, it's he was already there before, so he's mm-hmm. not so new to it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And speaking of Grop, he looks horrible. They could have made him look a little better. I mean, honestly, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Um, okay. Uh, when Umbridge and her inquisitorial squad find the DA in the room of requirement, and Umbridge blasts the wall of the room open with a curse, mm-hmm. that annoys me so much. <laughs> like, you shouldn't be able to do that. That's like the magic of the room, right? Yeah, that's the purpose of the room. Yeah. And the fact that Filch is onto the room from the get-go. Like, that did not happen. Mm-hmm. So, doing that, like, all gets rid of Hermione. It's like, so in the book, Hermione had, like, this, the sign-up sheet that they had. She had, like, jinxed it. I remember you talking about that. Yeah, so she had jinxed it. Where, like, it gives them warts or something. Yeah, right? to be able to, so, like, if anybody told on them, they would be, know who it was. So in the book, it wasn't Cho Chang that told up, that ratted him out. It was her friend Marietta. I, I definitely thought you just said Chode for a second. <laughs> <laughs> it, t- it took me a second to realize what Cho was going Chang. on for a second. It was her friend Marietta, and so when she ratted him out, the curse or the jinx on the sign-up sheet made like cursed boil marks on her face come up in the form of the word sneak. So that's how they knew who it was. Mm-hmm. But I just hate the way that they, like, had her, like, blast the room, the wall, the room open and all this. Like, that's not how the mat, like, that's not how the room works. You know what I mean? So, um, what else? Uh, the lack of creature. Yeah, because you really only see him in the beginning when they first go Mm -hmm. to the HQ, right? He is so important to the plot going forward. Like, in Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hallows. And we needed a lot more of him. Like in the movie, you don't see what he in what he does in the book, which is him lying to Harry about Sirius being at the ministry, which is why Harry ends up rushing to the ministry to quote unquote save Sirius when he tries to see if Her- Sirius is actually home. You know. Mm-hmm. So without that betrayal, they don't end up needing. Creature's Redemption in Deathly Hallows, which is just an awesome, awesome thing. <laughs> so I I think that we definitely needed more of that. And then just the whole post-prophecy de- debrief between Harry and Dumbledore was not enough at all. Why? In the movie, you got just this one tiny little scene where Dumbledore basically tells Harry that he cared about him too much. Like, that's basically all you get. (laughs) In the book, you get an entire chapter where Dumbledore basically lays out everything. Well, at least what we think is everything. (laughs) From when Trelawney first told him the prophecy to the present day. And it is so important. And he also tells Harry that due to when the boy was predicted to be born, Neville could have also been the child in that prophecy. Mm -hmm. Dumbledore believes Voldemort chose to attack Harry because he is a half-blood like himself and Neville is a pureblood. And in doing so, 
Voldemort marked Harry as his equal. Therefore, there is no doubt the prophecy related to anyone but Harry because Voldemort made it so. Does that make sense? I think so. <laughs> because in the prophecy, it says that it says something about the one to vanquish the Dark Lord shall have powers that he does not. The Dark Lord will mark him as his equal. Yeah. So it could have been either one of them. Voldemort chose Harry. Yeah. So he made it about Harry. So, yeah. But you get none of that in the movie. You get no explanation of any of it. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. So, yeah. Um, and I don't think there was enough of the whole Department of Mysteries for me at all. In the ministry. What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, they they did so much in the book. Like, there was the time room that they fought through with all the clocks and the time turners. And they destroyed the, the ministry's entire stock of time turners. <laughs> um, there was the brain room where it was like a tank of literal brains um, that Ron ended up getting tangled up in. And still has scars on his arms from him and all this. His like scars the from a brain? Like the tentacles of the brains. Our brains don't have tentacles. I don't know that these did. I don't understand them. Um, so the nerves, I guess? I guess. And I don't like think Like a jellyfish? Was... He has like jellyfish scars, basically? Uh, yeah, basically. <laughs> and there wasn't enough of the battle between the teens and the Death Eaters before the Order showed up. Like there was a lot that happened in the book. Like Hermione was hurt and knocked unconscious. Jenny's ankle was broken. Um, Ron was basically gone because of the brains. They like made him cuckoo. Um, <laughs> it was weird. And Neville was popped in the, like his nose was broken or like his lip was bust or something. So he couldn't talk correctly. So any kind of spell that he tried to cast didn't work because his, he had gotten hit in the face. Mm-hmm. So, like, Harry was the only one that could really do anything in the end before the order showed up. So, and then the whole order thing, like, coming in, I I hate that they showed apparating as basically, like, flying. Yeah, they were, like, white white shades, kind of. Yeah, with the order and the Death Eaters at the Ministry. But in the beginning of the movie, when the twins did it... They just popped up. Exactly. It's like, come on, keep your magic consistent, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It'd be a lot cooler, too, if you just... Poof. Yeah. I mean, that's so, kind of what you think of magic sometimes, is just popping in and out. Yeah. Um, what else? I loved the scene in both the movie and the book of Harry, Ron, and Hermione sitting around the common room and discussing Harry's kiss with Cho Chang. It, the whole thing just felt very true to life and what real teenagers would do. Just little gossips. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. I just love that. And what else? Uh, oh, <laughs> I think I actually told you this when we were watching the movie the, a couple weeks ago. Sirius telling Harry, when this is all over, we'll be a proper family. You don't make a promise like that in a movie or a TV show. No. Like, that's just a death sentence. You never go. You never go upstairs, or you never go in a basement. You never hide 
Um, whenever you could just run away, <laughs> you don't make promises. Like this is like, okay, this is what I, I equate it to. Okay. Sirius making this promise to Harry is like when Ned Stark tells Jon Snow at the beginning of Game of Thrones we'll talk that the next mother. time they see each other, he will tell Jon anything he wants to know about his mother. Mm-hmm. And then Ned goes to King's Landing and gets beheaded. Speaking of which, I really wish we could have seen a lot more of Ned. Oh, we're having a Game of Thrones episode soon, so don't worry. We're going to get into all of that. I just really wish we could have seen a lot more of him. I feel like he would be one of the coolest characters. Yeah. Um, I have just a couple more. Uh, Petunia knew in the book what Dementors are. Aunt Petunia. It was a really cool moment. Um, Like in the beginning of the book, you know, when he gets that um, owl Mm -hmm. that talks about him performing the Patronus and all this. And he's telling uncle Vernon and aunt Petunia, like what happened, why he's getting quote unquote expelled. And, um, he did this charm with the Dementors and uncle Vernon asked what Dementors are. And Petunia is the one that answers. And she says, they guard the wizard prison Azkaban and like half a second goes by. And then all of a sudden everybody looks at her and she's like, (gasps) and like covers her mouth. (laughs) And then one of them asks how she knew that. And she goes that I, I overheard that awful boy telling your mother. Well, Harry just assumes she's talking about James. Mm-hmm. Well, when you get through the series and you go in, into the end of it and you watch Snape's memories, you find out it was actually Snape she was talking about. Hmm. <laughs> so, uh, in the book, they actually explain the owl grades, the OWL grades. I just thought you would think this was funny. Um, so the grades are O, E, an O, an E, an A, a P, a D, or a T. Okay. And I'm going to tell you what they stand for. So the passing grades are O, E, or A. Mm-hmm. Failing grades are P, D, or T. Okay. So O stands for outstanding. E is exceeds spe- expectations. A is acceptable. Those make sense. P is for poor. Okay. D is for dreadful. That's that's a bad way to put and it. And T is for troll. Saying you're, saying you're <laughs> stupid is what that one. <laughs> oh my god. Just imagine doing homework and getting a grade that mm-hmm. says troll. <laughs> You fucking idiot. <laughs> Go back to your cave. Like what? I just thought that was hilarious. The first four makes sense. Yeah. So, I have two more. Um, when Harry tells Uncle Vernon and Aunt Petunia that Voldemort is back. So, this is quote straight from the book. And I just really liked this moment. So, Aunt Petunia says, back, whispered Aunt Petunia. She was looking at Harry as she had never looked at him before. And all of a sudden, for the very first time, Harry fully appreciated that Aunt Petunia was his mother's sister. All he knew was that he was not the only person in the room who had an inkling of what Lord Voldemort being back might mean. I just really liked that moment. Mm -hmm. Because it was like one tiny moment of bonding, kind of. That he'd probably never had with her at all. Yeah. So I just really liked that. So did... Harry's family on his mom's side, were they told what happened? Or does she, or Petunia just 
have a, a knowledge that her family doesn't. She knows what happened. I know, but yeah. like, like Harry's grandparents and like people, other people in the family. and There is no other people in the family. Oh. Yeah, I mean, his grandparents are dead. That's right. Well, that's kind of what I was asking. Yeah. Like, are there other people in the yeah, family? No. Do they know what no. happened to his, his mother? His, his aunt and uncle are literally his only family members that he has. Because James was an only child, and his parents are dead as well. So, yeah. Did Vernon Did Vernon know what happened? Or just Petunia? I don't know. I don't know if it ever actually says. I don't remember. So. Because I'm assuming I think by... she told him. He probably didn't believe it. But, I mean, you know. Uh, this one I think is hilarious, though. In the book, at... Grimmauld Place, because it's, you know, Sirius's parents' house. There is a portrait of his mother in the entryway that they kept covered with, like, a curtain or something. And if it got opened, she would scream, like, horrible insults at everyone, which I think they're funny insults. <laughs> like, at everyone else, she would scream. This one, this is the one that I love. Filth, scum, byproducts of dirt, dirt and vileness. Half-breeds, mutants, freaks, be gone from this place. How dare you befoul the house of my father. God. <laughs> but then when she sees Sirius in that same scene, she goes, Blood traitor, abomination, shame of my flesh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> shame of my flesh, I think, is my favorite part. That's horrible. <laughs> I just love that. And then I have my quick random facts of the day okay. about Thestros. Okay. I almost did Dolores Umbridge. Thank God you didn't. But <laughs> I was I like, I really don't want to talk about her. So I chose not to. I chose to do Thestros instead. Quit. He just hit me on the head. <laughs> so it says, manifesting as Black skeletal bat winged horses, but invisible to all who have never been truly touched by death. With a beak. They have a beak. <laughs> Thestrals have a somewhat dark reputa- reputation. And by the way, this is from the Pottermore website or the Wizarding World website, whatever it's called now. Um, that's where I got this. In centuries past, the sight of them was regarded as unlucky. They have been hunted and ill treated for many years. Their true nature, which is kindly and gentle, being widely misunderstood. Thestrals are not marks of ill omen, nor are they in any way threatening to humans, always allowing for the fright that the first sight of them tends to give the observer. Being able to see Thestrals is a sign that the beholder has witnessed death and gained an emotional understanding of what death means. It is unsurprising that it took time that it took a long time for their significance to be properly understood because the precise moment when such knowledge dawns varies greatly from person to person. Harry Potter was unable to see Thestrals for years after his mother was killed in front of him because he was barely out of infancy when the murder happened and he had been unable to comprehend his own loss. Even after the death of Cedric Diggory, Weeks elapsed at, before the full import of death's finality was borne upon him. Only at this point did the Thestrals that pull the carriages from Hogsmeade Station to Hog, Hogwarts Castle become visible to him. 
On the other hand, Luna Lovegood, who lost her own mother when she was young, saw Thestrals very soon afterwards because she is intuitive, spiritual, and unafraid of the afterlife. While somewhat intimidating in appearance, these carnivorous horses are emblematic of a journey to another dimension and reward all who trust them with faithfulness and obedience. Thestrals are native to the British Isles and Ireland, though they have been spotted in parts of France and the Iberian Peninsula. They seem to have an association with wizards who descend from the horse-loving Celtic peoples. Other parts of the world have their own equivalent to Thestrals. Really? That's what it said. Do we know what those are? No. <laughs> That's all I had. Why would they allude to that and not give any... <laughs> what the fuck? I want to know what America's version of Thestrals yeah, is. Just leaving us hanging. It's probably like a freaking like gecko. <laughs> Something stupid. I'm just saying. <laughs> so frightened. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> so yeah. I never understood why they were carnivorous though. Well, but why wouldn't they be? <laughs> I don't know. Do you think well I'll probably ask this later on also. Um in Fantastic Beast, do you think Newt has one? No. Why not? Because it's never shown in his suitcase. I know, but why wouldn't he have one if he has all the other magical creatures? <laughs> That's a good question. I feel like he, he should if he's a professional at his job. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know the guy that plays Jacob in the movies also plays in The Walking Dead? And I've been watching The Walking Dead and I kept forgetting the name of his character in The Walking Dead, and I kept calling him Jacob. <laughs> and then he came on screen, and they went, Luke! And I was like, oh, his name's not Jacob, is it? <laughs> so, yeah. I was wondering. Random thought. Because I do use your Max. Oh my god, that was so funny the other day when and I figured out that that was you doing it. I definitely saw Walking Dead on there today, <laughs> and I was like, when did I watch this? And then I remembered that we should... Oh, that's Fear the Walking Dead, because I finished The Walking Dead, so I started Fear the Walking Dead. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so guys, uh, Troy uses my HBO Max. It's just called Max now. Or whatever, Jenny. Max. And so, like, oh, two weeks ago, I think it was, a week ago, something like that, I was over here hanging out with him and I made a comment about um, House of the Dragon. And he was like, oh, I've been watching that lately. And I looked at him and I was like, are you the one that's been watching it on my Max? And he goes, yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize it. Cause, so I had been watching, I, I fall asleep to TV every night because... You know, I can't, I need noise and, and sound and light. So I had been falling asleep to Game of Thrones. And so every morning when I would, or every night when I would go to turn it back on, it would show House of the Dragon on there as like, continue watching. And I'm like, I don't watch House of the Dragon. Why is it on there? <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. So yeah, I finally figured out. I did not know he had been using my Max. It was pretty funny. It was me. It was pretty funny. Twas me. Twas me. So. All right. Well, 
that's all we've got mm-hmm. for this one. Mm-hmm. I am looking forward to the next three Harry Potter ones. Because I really like the end of the... What? No. Oh, you looked at me like I was uh, stupid no. for a second. No. I like the end of the series a lot better mm-hmm. than everything else. So I'm, I'm looking forward to so it. I'm so excited for the next one. It's my favorite book. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if I had never read the books, it would be my favorite movie. Mm-hmm. But because I've read the books, I cannot put it at the top of my movie list. <laughs> <laughs> but the next one will be in five episodes. It is Half-Blood Prince. And I will let you know, Troy, if I can make it in one episode or if we need to cut it into two. <laughs> Good Lord. Because it is so much. But We'll, we'll figure it out wait. when it gets to there. But. Um, when it gets to that, we'll talk about it. Yes. But the next episode um, that we're going to be doing. Ata. Um, <laughs> Ata. <laughs> That's what you called it earlier. Yes, we're doing Ata moments. Um, am I the asshole? Yes, you are. We're, <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. We're doing <laughs> Am I the Asshole Stories. We're going to take a dive into some of these stories and kind of get our, our reactions on it and see if we agree with the person or not. And we're going to have a guest. Did you know that? I did not know we have a guest. It's on episode. the notes, isn't it? Nope. Did I not put it on the notes? I'm nope. sorry. <laughs> I thought I put it on our Google Doc da, notes. Da, da. <laughs> We are going to have a guest join us, our mother. She agreed? She did agree. That's a good surprise. You yes. didn't tell me that she agreed I for that I thought I did. One. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, this is a surprise to me yes. as everyone else. She agreed. She's going to join us. I actually talked to her earlier today um, on my way over here. And I was like, I was like, well, I'm going to choice to record. And she was like, which one are you doing? I said, Harry Potter. And she goes, you nerds. <laughs> yeah. And I was like... You know you're on the next episode, right? And she goes, what? And I was like, yeah, you're, you said you are going to do the next one with us, the Emma the Asshole things. And she goes, oh, that's right. I got to look some up. I forgot. <laughs> I think we shouldn't have her look them up. We need to look them up and get her reactions to well, it. I figured we would all just bring like two each and just take turns reading them and then discuss them. I mean, either way, we're going to get her reaction anyway. So. Yeah. So... Yeah, I get to pick on both of y'all next episode. <laughs> Yay. I'm excited to have mom because we haven't had her since like the fourth or fifth episode. It's been a while. So, and I actually thought it was really fun having mom on yeah. here. Yeah. And today was our 25th episode. Jesus. So I'm looking forward to it. I can't believe we've had that many. I know. But. So. And then after that one, my daughter Kenna will be on with us for the next second mental health episode. So that'll be super fun too. Can't wait for that. Yes. So. They're all, all going right. to be super fun. We always say I that know, with every episode. But thank you everyone for uh, for joining us today, listening in. Remember, uh, leave a comment, ask us any questions, check out our socials and our website. And we will talk to you on the next one. Have a good night, guys. See ya. See ya.